0: Hey, Pastor Jay, it's me, Gloria. And you're right, I definitely do learn. I learn something different from you every time I listen to one of your podcasts. And you reveal things to me that I never thought of in the ways that you say them. And I'm glad that you say it In a simple way for me to understand. Because let me tell you. I don't know how many sermons I've seen on TV where it's like, uh, what? What did they say? And then I get frustrated and turn away. I never once wanted to turn away from your podcast. Because you totally describe everything before I can even ask the question. It's like you answer the questions before I can even ask them. And I truly appreciate your Appreciate your podcast.
1: Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and let's get ready to go with Real Talk Weekend. Let's go. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast with your Real Talk Weekend. I am going to talk about several subjects uh, this weekend, and one of them is about Christian zeal. Christian zeal. It's become apparent to me that we as Christians need to understand certain aspects of life. The fact that we are human and that we're flawed. That's one. And with understanding that we need mercy and grace. That's two. The Bible tells us to extend mercy because we want mercy. That's three. Fourthly, and finally, where sin abounds, Grace abounds much more. Wherever sin is, there's an opportunity for grace and mercy to be displayed. No, we don't uh, uh dismiss it and, and cover it up. We deal with it. But we deal with it from understanding that maybe we were, not maybe, but really we were there too. Used to be. You know, we once were. The Bible says, as you once were. You know, we once walked according to our flesh, according to the prince of the power of the air. We deserve the wrath of God. These are all true statements. And if you really understand and and grasp it and and deal with it, you should be quickly able to run in your mind and your actions and your deeds to do the good work of showing mercy. Good works. You want to be spiritual? Good works. Thirteen times in the New Testament, it says good works. Good works. To show yourself being one of God's children by being good work, by doing good works, giving your enemy a cup of water, giving them, of course, the gospel, but also showing those who have different views. The true living God. And you show them by being caring, loving and attentive to what they're saying in their worldview. You don't have to argue it with a point. Just make your point with the scripture and leave it alone. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. One man plants and another waters and God, and God gives an increase in neither the man who waters or the man who plants is anything but God. How can they have they but God moment when you in the way so much, trying to hammer it down their throat? Saints, really? Come on now. Lighten up. There's a saying I used to have. Old saints lighten up, baby saints mature up. Yeah, or grow up. But they can't grow up if you're so busy using a hammer when really a scalpel would do. Be precise. Don't create straw man arguments with scripture. That's why there's a right way and a wrong way to divide the word of God. Because as we know, if we tell the people the truth, the Bible tells us that because of our behaviors and our attitudes and our actions, Those who are considered Gentiles outside of the faith blaspheme the name of God. Who who, who is it on? It's on us. Because one, we're making pastors out of people who should never be pastors. We've lowered the bar and the standard to a look versus a sound doctrine and a way. We got stuff called church clothes, which we peacock around in, but we look good on the outside, but or empty sepulchers on the inside. We have churches that become basically a club or a mausoleum full of dead man's works, rituals, and superstitions. We have, by the Bible and God's word not being the center of the church, and all the auxiliaries being part of the church, the people are fed up. Some have come to realize that form of practice of religion didn't help them and didn't help anybody else. They are enslaved to the system that should give them liberty. But just like the Jews, you turn something as simple as love your neighbor as yourself and do not worship any other God but the real God, the true living God, to something that is shoot 600. No, we and now we got 900 don't, do's and don'ts. We made the pulpit a magical place that no one can walk in, man, woman, nor beast, unless they are qualified. We sit there and we're not the greatest servants as pastors and teachers and ministers of fivefold ministry. Weren't we supposed to edify the saints until we all grow up into the knowledge of Christ? And how can we do that from such a lofty position with our rings and our regalia and all that stuff that we do? Now, again, that old church paradigm, if you want to do that, that's fine. But church that church is closing every day churches call me all the time they can't can't get rid of their pews fast enough because you can't do nothing with them and just like you can't do nothing with dead people in a dead church I'm also at times ashamed to be called pastor at the level of, of, of biblical illiteracy in the pulpit the superficial preaching that you see on television that don't amount to nothing but motivation and you really think it's God and it's not the people, the people are searching, see that 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 ridiculous sideshow circus thing growing on pastors hooking up uh, 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 strings and ropes to them and being flown around the sanctuary, light shows and smoke shows, show. And the people say, you can't fool them anymore. The people who are outside the body of Christ have more discernment at times than the people inside the body of Christ, and they're surely more kind and more gentle. I just want to, you know, appeal to you brothers and sisters, man, you're not going to win anybody doing that stuff. You can sit there and hand out all the tracks you want. You can sit there and and give all the lemonade you want to give and have the cookouts and have the field trips of ministry that you have. But it's not in your heart because it's a field trip. You want to have a photo op. All these nursing homes in all these cities, they should always be full of clergy doing something for those people. Read James one twenty six and one twenty seven. If you want to practice a religion that's pure and undefiled before God, it is this. Some verses say go visit. Some verses say some verses say take care of. Some, some basically tells us take care of the widows and the orphans and their affliction and stay unstained from the world. We're not doing either. But I can say walk in truth. We are. Why don't you go to your pastor and say, Pastor, why don't we take, if you're a big church, why don't we take about 20 members to the ner- nearest nursing home and give them full service on Sunday? Bat- bat- baptism all the way to uh, communion, everything. And if you're a small church, take the whole church. That's what we do. I don't care about numbers. I care about maturity. I don't care about numbers and money. I care about the people being a shepherd and guiding them to God and teaching them to be independent of me, that they don't have to tell me everything that they can go to that same God that I go to that blesses me by being their leader and showing them the way that I am the greater servant, not to be served as Jesus was. What about that? Saints, you in them churches where y'all spend all your money trying to give a, a, over honor to to the pastor, but why the pastor got to be fed first when the Bible clearly tells us we should tell you to be fed first. We feed you. You're going around draining auxiliaries and selling sheets and candy bars and cakes all to give a pastor a check once a year and y'all having competition to see how, how much money you can raise. Why not just one year? This is an example. Why not one year y'all raise the money just give it away to the homeless? No, you can't do that. You better not do that. That's his money. You better not do that. I understand no church paradigm, and it's dying. And 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 again, there's not enough people to go around anymore, because the people are leaving church and running to Jesus. I heard that today. On Dawson speaks, he said somebody he he heard on in an interview, the people are leaving the church and running to Jesus. They're trying to find a safe place where they can worship in spirit and in truth. I'm gonna tell you a little secret, people that you that aren't part of the body of Christ. We are all sinners saved by grace and mercy. We all have went astray. We all have done wrong. We all have done horrendous things in the name of Jesus and outside of the name of Jesus. And we all need to be forgiven. And the minute that you forget that you need to be forgiven and learn to forgive, God says, if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. You should be scared not to run to the power of forgiveness. But you don't care. You want to look cute, dress alike, be all uniform, but there's no unity. Just because y'all look alike don't mean you have unity. As you know, this is nothing new, but you want to admit to it. Walking through Christian Fellowship Church, we're not like that. You come in the Brooks Brothers suit all the way down to a pair of blue jeans and tennis shoes, if that's what you want to come as. No, we not going to, we don't want you to come <clears throat> irreverent, exposing your body, and I'm going to give you something else to think about, saints, for who those who know their Bible. Remember when they came and got Jesus and they had the torches and everything and how many people came and can you imagine how all those torches was lit up and they walked up to those 11 men and they said, or 12 men, and they said, with Jesus in the, in, included, and Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. Now you would think that they would know who Jesus was because Jesus should have stand out, but the Bible clearly teaches us That Jesus was nothing to look at. That he was a man of no reputation, of of no kind of outstanding. He was not a David or Saul or even a Solomon. He was just a regular guy with a powerful message and a word. And they couldn't even recognize who he was because he fit in with the group. He did not wear his regalia sticking out, his rabbi robe and all that other stuff. He was considered... Of coyote type rabbi, never been trained, but had the word of wisdom, they would often say, I've never heard a man speak like that, but he looks like us, the carpenter's son. He doesn't stand out like that, but his presence, his demeanor and his words. It was said to me in the meeting that I had with uh, uh, Dr. Randall and he, and he had mentioned to some, uh, he knows a lot of people, but it's, but he, he he really just spoke to my heart. And he's able to, he was able to say something that I've always thought. It's like, when you go to any church, you can tell who the pastor is, by the way they dress and what they look. Because they got the big everything on. They got the, out, the outlandish stuff on. They got the funny hat on. They got all that stuff that they claim that they don't like the Catholics doing, but they're doing the same thing the Catholics doing. And a lot of them can't even explain why they wear their collar, why it's black all of that stuff. And say, I'm one of those ones that I'm not going to knock what you do, but just tell me why you do what you do. Is it out of tradition or is it biblical? And 99% of the stuff we do in churches, man's tradition that he's made up over the years so he can lord it over other men. That's the truth. Then I'm going to tell you that church could be so much simpler and shorter. If we get to the point of worshiping God and receiving the word of God, all the 90% of all that other stuff has nothing to do with God. They say it does, but it doesn't. And they know it does it. That's the that's the sad part about it. Why you got to have people with their arms behind them standing up five different prayers over the communion, all that stuff? Well, the Lord's prayer is what two and a half minutes long, maybe thirty seconds. I don't know how long it is short. And the Bible warns us these long, lofty, drawn-out prayers and repetitiveness, and we still and they still do it. It is just so crazy. Everything the Bible bans or reprimands or 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 has a a negative view towards the church does it anyway because that's their traditions, and then when you th- ask them why they get offended and tell you to go somewhere and pray man if you look if you cannot come and talk to your pastor about what they preach, and they give you some inept excuse to why they can't explain to you in plain English what they're preaching. Think about this. If their job is to communicate to you and you got to get a thesaurus, a dictionary, a world map, and a translation to understand what they're saying, they haven't communicated nothing to you because you're going to leave more confused than you did when you came in the door. A lot of churches take you away from Christ and point you to man-centered religion. When you get sermons where where the hero is you and they substitute you to be David, they substitute you to be this... David never substituted himself to be Saul and Saul never substituted himself to be one of the prophets. God is the hero. Jesus is the hero. Satan is the villain. We're supposed to get people to the hero, not to us. God is not our cosmic candy man or Pluto bellhop or the person whose whole point of being and creation, creating us is to satisfy our, and make us happy. Happy is based upon circumstance, happenstance. Joy is eternal. Joy comes from the inside. Joy is something that can sustain you through the hard times, no matter what you go through externally. Circumstances, incidents, and accidents, I call it the CIAs of life, can be overcome with grace, joy, praise, prayer, and humility. Where is the humility in the church? How many are you running, Doc? How many are you floating, Doc? How many are you doing this, Doc? They are herding you like cattle and y'all don't even know it. I've been in on them conversations. Sat there. Listened. Running you. hurting you. And you know what? 90% of the time I watch them lie to each other. Room full of so-called men of God lying to each other because everyone's trying to one up each other like a locker room these are the men ladies I ain't gonna leave you out and y'all are just as vicious and unladylike and trying to be men in the pulpit you're trying to prove your worth by being loud, boisterous over the top, over the bearing and in control and you guys know what the bible says I'm not gonna even go there when you take any part out, you got to take it all out. You know, you know what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says, and quit acting like you don't. That's why you can't preach out of that part where Paul talks about the order of things, because you don't want the order of things. Yeah, that genie's. You know, I'll admit that genie is is out the out the bottle, and can never be put back in. The horse has left the barn, and you can't catch that. She's got to go on. That's not even we're talking about no more. Because we have the repercussions of that right now. I dare you, anybody who's listening to this, you Google. No, you go to Facebook and hit the word apostle and see the gender of how many come up that way. Now, just tell me this. You tell me all these apostles, all these pastors, all these evangelists or called by God. Can't be. Have to be some false ones because the Bible says there's some false ones. The Bible says there's some false ones. So it can't be just everybody calls themselves that is, is real. So these are things that we need to think about. What's really happening in the church today? Old church paradigm is changing. It's going out the way. It's it's being lost. New church paradigm is people trying to have a relationship with the true and living God, trying to find Jesus and we don't want them to. I get another saying that's so crazy us fold no more and her shut the door. I know some churches that I know of, and if they listen to y'all, I know I'm talking about you. You ain't grew, you ain't, you've grown into a, a secular, uh, 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 cultish organization where you say you want new things, you don't want new things, you just want regurgitated old things dressed in new packages. You haven't had a new fresh member in years. You're not a hospital. You're a mortuary. You're where old dead saints come to die. The church is not supposed to be that. The church is supposed to be where the young get encouraged to grow into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the old get encouraged to help the young ones come along. But that's not what it is nowadays. It's everything but that. You join the church because they got an auxiliary ministry, not because of the word. Walk in truth. We're a Bible centered church. We grow our church on the Bible study. So guess what? How they how easy this is. Think about this. I want you to think about this. If we grow our church through Bible study and the word is good, let's say we have some auxiliaries that you may want to participate in. But because you join because of the word and the Bible study, which never changes in the sense of we're going to do line by line and verse by verse and context, interpretation, application, proper exegesis of the scripts, trying to apply the scriptures as applicable. Knowing the difference between a, a narrative that has nothing to do with us and a prescription, a description and a prescription, knowing that who the Israelites are different from the Gentiles and knowing Paul was a who was apostle to and all, all this stuff that you need to know really just to even function with the word. And you join church because that is being done and being learned on every day. And you join an auxiliary, let's say the cake bake auxiliary or the bowling auxiliary or the golf auxiliary or whatever, the new sheets auxiliary. And then all of a sudden those auxiliaries have to stop because of whatever reason. Are you leaving? No, because you're there for the word. You're not there because you got a great choir. You're there for the word. So now see, you see how what happens with old church paradigm? As soon as the numbers drop, the people got to go because you can't afford auxiliaries anymore. So the reason why they're there is gone. Even with children's ministry, same thing. You don't join a church because they got a good children's ministry. What about the ministry for you as an adult? Because one day your children are going to be adults. It's amazing to me how we shuffle our children off to go be children, but they need to sit there and learn some discipline in church and sit with their parents. And then the parent goes home and teaches the children what the pastor has taught. And the wife and the husband go home and chew on the word of what the pastor taught. So that's where the wife turns to the husband and says, let's chew on this word. But how many people do that anymore? Because this old church paradigm that we have with all this stuff that we do, everybody just goes their own way and do what they do. And you take your Bible and you throw it on the back seat and wait till next week and you just do it like a herd of cattle every week. It's like autopilot. People sitting in church asking me. And, and you know, you know what's strange to me? And I've discussed it with, with people that I came late. I was around church, you know, typical, I would say typical African American family. Went to church sometime, we did the Easter Christmas thing sometime. Uh my you know, my parents were big into education and that's what they focused on and you know, left out the spiritual and I don't fault them or blame them. They my mom and my dad, regardless of wrong or right or indifferent. But I'm just saying this this is this is how I grew up in and, you know, a suburb at the time and, you know, didn't want for nothing per se. And yeah, happy and all that stuff. So. But it was interesting to me that now some of the meanest, downright honorest, ugliest, nastiest people that I've ever met and dealt with is not in the street. It was not in business. It was not in corporate. It was not in the football field. It was not even in the jail with the criminals. Some of the meanest, dirtiest, backstabbing, honory people I've met is those people that's in church that's called themselves being saved since they was 12. And they know less about the Bible than you do. Those early childhood confessions, I'm not saying that, that, that some haven't. But the majority of the ones that I have met, that I have met, and I've met a lot of, they ain't no more say than they did when they was 12, when they said it. They just was following the program. And they're very mean. But those of us who have been through life and just seen the hand of God and our mistakes and our flaws and our fights and our sins. And and we get to the point that we have a road to the moment with God. Oh, what a wretched man who, who can save me. And we're knocked off our hearts and God has shown himself to be true and loving because he could have, <coughs> excuse me, let us die in our sins. We deserve to die in our sins and God let us see that. And we look back at where we came from and we see God's hand preserving us to the point of a second salvation. Those who are come like that, the straight and narrow and give God the glory by grace through faith and repentance those men and women tend to be the best Christians because they remember how tow up they were. Walking around talking about the Holy Spirit. It's just ridiculous stuff. I said, man, this one. this What the pastor taught and the wife and the husband go home. And chew on the word of what the pastor taught. So that's where the wife turns to the husband and says, let's chew on this word. But how many people do that anymore? Because this old church paradigm that we have with all this stuff that we do, everybody just goes their own way and do what they do. And you take your Bible and you throw it on the back seat and wait till next week and you just do it like a herd of cattle every week. It's like autopilot. People sitting in church asking me. And and, and, you you know what's strange to me? And I've discussed it with, with people that I came late. I was around church, you know, typical, I would say typical African-American family. Went to church sometime. We did the Easter Christmas thing sometime. Uh, my, you know, my parents were big into education, and that's what they focused on and you know, left out the spiritual. And I don't fault them or blame them. They my mom and my dad, regardless of wrong or right or indifferent. But I'm just saying, this, this, is, this is how I grew up in, and, you know, suburb at the time, and You know, didn't want for nothing per se. And yeah, happy and all that stuff. So, but it was interesting to me that now some of the meanest, downright onerous, ugliest, nastiest people that I've ever met and dealt with is not in the street. It was not in business. It was not in corporate. It was not in the football field. It was not even in the jail with the criminals. Some of the meanest, dirtiest, backstabbing, honorary people I've met is those people that's in church that's called themselves being saved since they was 12. And they know less about the Bible than you do. Those early childhood confessions, I'm not saying that that, that some haven't, but the majority of the ones that I have met, that I have met, I've met a lot of them Ain't no more say than they did when they was 12 when they said it. They just was following the program. And they're very mean. But those of us who have been through life and just seen the hand of God and our mistakes and our flaws and our fights and our sins. And and we get to the point that we have a road to the basket moment with God. Oh, what a wretched man who, who can save me. And we're knocked off our horse, And God has shown himself to be true and loving because he could have, <coughs> excuse me, let us die in our sins. We deserve to die in our sins and God let us see that. And we look back at where we came from and we see God's hand preserving us to the point of a second salvation. Those who are come like that, the straight and narrow and give God the glory by grace through faith and repentance. Those men and women tend to be the best Christians because they remember how toe up they were. Walking around talking about the Holy Spirit. It's just ridiculous stuff. I said, man, this one, this, let me tell y'all something. I can, you know, I'm venting and talking because it's real talk. Let me tell you something. I had somebody tell me a person in the pulpit said this, just senior female minister. She knows she is. She listening. she knows she is because she said it. This is what you said, dummy. You said we should get our nose out the Bible and look up to God. What kind of retarded stuff is that? The scripture my word is spirit. Anytime you void yourself from the scripture, you void yourself from the God. You tear away from the scripture. Believe upon me as the scripture said, and out of your belly shall flow river of living water. As it is written, as it is written, as it is written. These things were written aforetime time. For our learning. That through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have this hope. Through the encouragement and endurance of the scriptures, we might have hope. It's the scriptures is the center of our preaching. The scriptures is the center of our communication. We don't communicate anything but the scriptures. And we learn how to communicate it to the audience that is in front of us. I don't need to give a doctoral sermon to a bunch of lay people who barely graduated high school. All I'm doing is showing how smart I am in Greek and, and Hebrew and all that stuff that swells people's head. about Saints, you know what? Not saints. Those who aren't saints. I can understand why you don't want to come to church. I can understand why you don't want to be part of that. But there are those churches who are emerging that are different than that. We don't claim perfection. We don't claim none of that. All we do pray. Worship God. Love on each other. And guess what? And it's not about the money. Our t-shirt says it's not about the income. It's about the outcome. We don't. Oh, I don't want to mess somebody up. We don't have offering time. Oh, my God. I done broke, kicked over the sacred cow. Then flew away the golden goose. Then chased away the goat with the golden horns. Because I done told out and said, we do not have offering time. You know why? Because. The scripture doesn't really call for it like that. What we believe, if you see the ministry that we do, which is clearly on Facebook, we're not trying to do everything for everybody, but we do the nursing home. We do the rescue addiction recovery. We do our church in Bogoma, Africa, and we do us and we do kindness to anybody who asks. And we'll give a free Bible to anybody who asks. How many of your churches give away your Bibles for free? And there are big churches. You think if you're running two, three hundred people, you should have a thousand Bibles as soon as they join. You should be able to give them one and not even worry about if they come back or not. And we just don't give anybody a Bible. We give somebody a, a nice John MacArthur study Bible. You know why? Because we want them to get it. We want them to get it. And we encourage you to crow like you crow. Don't try to be like somebody else. Be as, do as God is conforming you to his image. Because you're a special part of the body. You don't have to sit there and be like everybody else. And people are growing and loving God and taking care of each other and doing good works and, and, and trusting God and, and, and living a holy life and putting down liquor, putting down alcohol, changing their ways willingly. Now, did I say it was hard or perfect? No, it's not. It's very hard. The right way is hard. But guess what? When you got a group of supporters that practice Galatians 6 and 1, try to restore, try to recover, try to reconcile. That's what it's about. So, I, you know, I say stuff and I mean this. Y'all need to come out to these rat hole churches that you wear on your sleeve like there's some kind of Nike uniform. You're going to go to hell and so is everybody in that church, including the pastor that's leading you the wrong way. Now, if the pastor's leading you the right way with all the standards that I just set out of love, that's great. But all that super, you can't go to enough Bible studies to earn your way into heaven. Extra, extra, read all about it. You can't participate in enough auxiliaries or come to service enough to earn your way into heaven. Grace, faith, repentance. His grace, gift, his faith, gift, and his repentance, gift. You don't have enough will to will yourself into the presence of a holy God and him accept you just like that. You're coming up like a thief. You're coming up a different way, like a thief and a robber. you got to come through Jesus. And once you get saved, now it's about those 13 verses of good works. You don't have to be all spiritual, floating around and prophesying and all that other Crap and getting the $50 line for something like tell you some pseudo psychological thing that anybody can tell you. You don't have to give nobody $100. Benny Hinn has proven that, told the truth finally. And everybody think about this. Benny Hinn has got convicted and told the truth about what he believes to be had wrong in his own teaching for the past 30 years. And now he's not only getting flack from the the people who don't believe him, which is on the right, he's also getting flack from the people on the left who want to keep ganking y'all every week. That's how I know he right. He getting it from both ends and he didn't expect it because he said this once before, but now it's getting all the traction because God is removing the scale from people's eyes and even his. And our job is to give him a benefit of doubt because in a lot of ways in this new statement of his, he's a baby. So those of us who mature, we going to just see we ain't going to pass judgment on him. How can we? And those who pass judgment may be jealous. You wish you had what he had to say, you know, and want him to give his money back, man. You, they, he can't give his money back to the people he didn't took money from. No more than our government give us reparations for what happened in slavery. That don't make no sense. Because what determines how black you are? We are a amalgamated society. We got all kind of races mixed together. What is the the, the percentage? Ain't that stupid? That's he. That will cause even more division and racism. People just dumb. They don't think. Where's the love in all of that? give people a chance. That's what walking truth is about. We want to give you a chance. Now we don't put up with no foolishness, you know, but, you know to be honest, you know, we the people that can't give with our program to try to force us back into that. I've tried to have elderly men come in and do stuff. I've tried to have some women. Hey. It ain't about you. And if I see that it's about you, you got to go because we're not setting up that hierarchy thing. I know I'm the pastor. I ain't gotta beat nobody, beat nobody up with that. What for? I'm supposed to be the greatest servant. Let's put it like this: if they carry, if every man of my church carried a hundred pounds of rocks, I'm supposed to carry a hundred times a hundred for them, including carry theirs. That ain't what you see in church. They carrying the pastor in on on a, on a, on on top of their shoulders. Man, that don't do that. Where, the, where do you see Paul doing that? Paul died almost three times. What do you see that level of sacrifice? But this is what's coming. Persecution is coming. And those pastors living in luxury, living in limelight, they're going to fold. Trust me. They ain't going to stand for Jesus when somebody put a gun to their head. They're going to say, look, let me write you a check and you just leave me alone and I'll renounce them right now. You don't condemn nobody. You just state what the Bible states, and if that's Bible states condemnation, condemnation or judgment on a certain behavior, just say the Bible says so. You ain't got to get all huffed up and puffed up. But you don't know how to present the gospel. Do you know that ninety eight percent of people are Christians don't lead people to Christ? That you sit next, to, you sit to a whole bunch of people who could, could, will tell you they love Jesus. But they ain't never let nobody to Christ themselves. They can't even explain to you their own salvation. They'll tell you something like this. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was at the club. and du-du-du-du. Those are symptoms of sin. That's not the sin. You're not sick of your sin. You're just getting old. And you may not be as attractive as you used to be when you was in the club. The young girls might not be paying attention to you no more. The men might not be paying attention to you no more. And now you're going to got sick and tired of being sick and tired and waking up with hangovers. That ain't the problem. You still got lust in your heart and you get evil in your heart. And you come to church and you say you give your life to Christ to, to, so you won't go to the club. But the problem is, that's not salvation. That is not salvation. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. So, I want to know what you think By what I said. If you got anything to say, please go to the section, leave your comments. You can leave me a message. You can send me an email at W I T M I N at yahoo.com. You can leave me something on Facebook at my personal Facebook page. You can become my friend. You like this kind of content become my friend. Follow us, follow us, follow walking truth, follow. I got to follow walking truth. Facebook page, you got a let us reason together Facebook page. I got my own personal Facebook page. Befriend me and follow. And continue to listen on Anchor and all the other podcast platforms. I'm gonna make it easy for you because a lot of people say they can't listen on this one or that one. Okay. I'm on at least 20 platforms. Meaning, all you have to do is Google Walk Truth Radio and pick the platform that'll play. Walk Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton and pick the platform that'll play. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Google. I'm on Apple, I'm on Anchor, I'm on Stitcher, I'm on uh, uh, Pod Beat, a Pod Box, a Cast Box. It's a whole bunch of them I'm on. You know, I can't keep up with it. You know? And let's say you want to be a podcaster. Get in touch with me. I'll teach you how. But you gonna pay me as a consultant, but you ain't gonna pay me as much as you think. I wanna help you. I ain't trying to get over you, but it, it does take time. At this moment, I'm sitting on approximately 250,000 listeners worldwide. (laughs) And I've only been podcasting for about a year and a half. I used to be on Arrowhead Radio (coughs) in three different states, plus St. Louis, and it was very expensive, but I can teach you an easier way to do this and teach you how to do everything from your phone. You don't need any special equipment unless you wanna waste your money and buy all that stuff. Everything you hear from the background music to the intro music, all that stuff is done from my phone. And I wanna teach you how to be successful, teach you how to be disciplined. See, the thing, what I wanna show you is if you learn some key things and apply them to every aspect of your life, you'll be successful no matter what venue the life is in. Weightlifting, football, uh, business, whatever. There are certain principles Certain X factor principles that you have to apply. And even in this, people ask me uh, uh, going on 11th year in, how do I have the same zeal, if not more, for God that I had? Because it's, it's a God thing, that's one. And two, it's an X factor thing because I'm willing and understand that there's a right way and a wrong way. And a way that seems right unto a man and the way thereof is death. But there's a way that's right to God. And, t- and Paul told Timothy, I'm going to teach you that you teach faithful men to teach other faithful men about this God. And that's what I want to do. I want to teach not only other faithful men, but also faithful women. Yep. You know why? Because some of the greatest carriers of this word right now, in spite of the edict are women and the women embarrass the men. But you know what? That's a subject for another day, how the men have become effeminate and the women have become masculine inside the body of Christ. And it's the man's fault. So, ladies, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. God is not going to let his good word drop because men don't want to stand up and do it. I have more biblical conversations that are well thought out and even challenges from people who are not saved, such as my friend. I'm going to give her a shout out, Jackie Nisi Crawford, who's not part of the faith, but we can have great dialogue. And then for someone like her, who is well thought, doesn't agree, doesn't want to be religious, and she says, Because of the way I handle her, because of the way we dialogue, and I don't compromise anything. She would like to come visit our church. Man, I'm going to make a joke. She almost saved and don't even know it. She almost saved and don't even know it. I ain't soft selling nothing. But she respects the respectful way I I debate. It is okay to classically, okay, y'all look up the word classical argue, the word argue, and classical debate. God wants you to do that. To chew on the word of God, not vain stuff about stupid stuff, but really chew on it so you can get understanding. I love to get with men and women of God who's read the passage and we come to slightly different understandings because guess what? Everybody in the room could be wrong and we still need some revelation, but God appreciates that we're trying to chew on it. And if we're passionate about it, so what? We're so sensitive now. Can't even raise your voice because somebody think you're mad that you're going to go do something. Man, Really? You I mean, we can't sit here and have debate and, and be cordial in the sense of we can be heated. But not rude and angry. I can raise my voice because I'm passionate about my position. You're passionate about your position and we can listen to each other and, and ask God to reveal it to us. Because, again, we both could be wrong and we realize that. And maybe if we talk or talk passionately and see the heart of the person, that the heart is really trying to get this and, and the faith and, and the repentance. And guess what? We might come together and hold on. We might decide to walk together and agree. But nobody wants to talk. Everybody pontificating and waving their fingers in their hands and want to be super spiritual. And let me do this, but when I'm close, the only thing we wait on that's prophetic for real is the imminent return of Jesus. And Jesus said he, you don't he don't know the, the time and he chooses not to as a, as a human. He don't know the time or the season. Okay? Eminent meaning the next thing on the schedule, not tomorrow, but it could be tomorrow. So when you hear the word imminent, don't freak out. Imminent means just out of one, two, three, here comes four. And four ain't came yet, okay? That's what we waiting on. Anything else that's prophetic about your job, your car, your house, and all that stuff, that's pseudo-psychological and that's trying to manipulate you. And if you got to pay for it, you a daggone fool. Don't let them take you back to the Old Testament. Don't let them do that to you. That was the Jews. The Gentiles went into that. Okay. Is it? Okay. okay now I'm going to go ahead and finish this, this. Is it okay that you pay your pastor? Yes, it is. Okay. As long as it doesn't take up 90% of your budget or 50% of your budget, your pastor should not make no more than 10 to 20% of the budget. If he makes more, that's fine. And y'all can afford to do great things. If 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 80% is going towards the salary in the building and you guys can't even give nobody a Bible, you're not in the church. You're just working for him. Y'all, you just don't know it. You think you're in the church, but you're not. Been in all them situations. Been in a situation where, two situations where the pastor really not the pastor. Somebody else is that doesn't even hold the title of a pastor for real. But they didn't relinquish their authority and scared to make a decision. Everything they want to do is pray on, they want to pray and don't do nothing. The Bible commands us leaders to make moves. That's why he put us in. Why put a person in leadership that's not going to do anything? Just going to pray. Not going to make a decision. Aren't you in leadership to make decisions? And then as far as ordaining, I I didn't seen two people ordained that one got ordained and ain't done nothing with it and became a pastor. And the other one just got ordained and they ain't going to do nothing with it. Been in church for 22 years, 30 years, and don't have an organic following inside the church. Do you know what organic means? Meaning that you would think that if you've been in an organization for so long, and you've been elevated to this, that, first you're a deacon, then you're a minister, that you would have an organic following that, this is what I mean by organic, that if you left, they'd have been under your teaching so much, and they think it's so good that they would follow you. But if you're just propping up the old regime that's dying, you just a puppet. So when you think about it. You want to debate this with me, man? Please. You got me email. We can set up a phone call. We can. I could put you on the show. Anybody want to debate this with me? I could, or agree with me, and let's talk about it some more. I will put you on the show with me, and let's have at it. I like to get some people that that will never go to church again. Maybe been in church and will never go to church again, and tell you the horror stories that they've been through, and the people on the outside. And let them tell you why they blaspheme the name of God. And they don't want to be part of this foolishness. Because of you. Yeah, I'm talking to you, saint. Because of you. No, pseudo-saint. I'm talking to you. Because if you're the real saint, it ain't, it ain't because of you. But if you a pseudo-saint. A CIA saint. Sunday only saint. Easter Christmas. Mother's Day saint. Event saint. Oh banquet saint i'm talking to you because they see the fact that you fake this is pastor Jay with walking through radio podcast enough is enough you've heard from me now i want to hear from you enough is enough you know we're doing that fundraiser so we can get our own building it's time for us to go but you know check it out if you want to donate any dollar amount of due you know one dollar two dollars Again, invitation go out. Anybody wants to be on walking truth and let's talk about some real things that happen in church and not be all lofty and crazy. You can come on. If you don't like church, you can come on. i can cause see, I need people need to know why you're not coming. So they may can get it together. You may help the ones who are in to understand why you, you believe that they fake, why they act one way at church and a whole another way at home. So you looking at them like, why would I want to be part of that? Again, Pastor Jay, Walk in Truth Radio Podcast. Always encouraged, blessed, and be at peace. And I'll see you on the other side. Stay tuned next week for every week for our encouraging word. Please follow, subscribe, Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship on Facebook. James Sutton II, Befriend Me. And uh, real, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, real Talk Weekend, uh, Daily Encouraging Word, Sunday Sermon, and all of our Bible studies. Right now... Uh, day classes in Romans, night classes in the book of Joshua under the teaching of the Venus Jackson, Sister Venus Jackson. Great job. Line by line, verse by verse. If you want the material, just drop me a line and we can send you the, uh, the material that we get as we go along. Make sure you go read a book by Todd Friel called Are You a Rotten Fish? And What Time is Purple? Great evangelistic tool books that we read over the summer break. So. Hey, I'll talk to you later. Peace. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk in Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to thank all those who have donated so far to our building fund. And I want to encourage you to partner with us to help us buy our first building. We do a lot of good work in the community, but we simply need to expand and have our own building. We have, right now, Rescue Diction Recovery, the Nursing Home ministry. Dig Deeper Bible studies, and of course Sunday service, a church in Bungoma, Kenya, Africa, and we donate Bibles to anybody that wants one. We want to expand ourselves. We also are a part of the Neighborhood Watch of Overland and we help with the Overland Police and Fire Department when it comes to those who overdose and need counseling for drug addiction. These are the things that we're doing and we look forward to doing many more things in community and around the world. So, we want you to partner with us Sabina and donate. No dollar amount is too small. Every penny counts. This is Pastor Jay. Please check us out on Facebook at Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. And let us reason together on my personal Facebook page, James Sutton Second. If you'd like to donate by mail, you can donate to Walk in Truth, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. You can also donate on Cash App at dollar sign WITCFC. We're also on Vimbo at James Sutton II at Walking Truth. So again, thank you for your donations. And of course, we need your prayers. We're a fully 5013C church and your donation may be tax deductible. Please check with your accountant. This is Pastor Jay, Walking Radio Podcast. I always want you to encourage you be blessed, and be at peace. And I'll see you on the other side. Hello,
0: everyone. This is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. And I'm stopping by to share about the SoCal podcast explosion. The date is October 23rd, which of course is on a Wednesday. It'll be from 5 to 9. Please keep listening to our amazing sponsor, Pastor J Walk in Truth Radio Podcast and Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what God has laid on your heart. I hope to see you at the SoCal podcast explosion remember it is a free event to attend and invite your friends and family and come and learn and enjoy meeting some new people at the socal podcast explosion have a great day and i can't wait to see you